Well, good morning, Mercy Culture family. Come on, the Lord is in the tent this morning. I woke up just excited to come to church. I don't know about you, but I, I got up ready for church, and we, were, we have not been disappointed. Amen? What a morning already. So good to see everybody today. My name is Les. I'm the lead pastor here of Mercy Culture Waco. I am not preaching today. My beautiful wife is preaching today. Now, hang on just a second. Now, y'all never do that for me when I get up and preach. But we'll talk about honor in a couple of weeks. Anyways, we are continuing our sermon series this morning, Expanding Territory Through Heaven's Culture, where we are covering a value every week. I'm so excited. My wife is going to be preaching today on the value of trust, lean into awkward. She knows how to lean into awkward. I'm married to this woman. She knows how to build trust by leaning into awkward. I told you guys the story last time she preached about how she tricked me with that fake spider. If you haven't heard that story, go back to our podcast and, and watch it because everybody talks about how sweet and innocent and wonderful Nikki is, and she is, but the woman has an evil streak. <laughs> that run, yeah, I got the mic now. You should have never given me the mic. Anyways, the woman has a streak. We, we got to minister last night at a church in Austin. It was awesome. I preached. Nikki did some worship last night on the way back. A lying spirit of deception just leapt on my wife. She began to criticize my driving. Just a lying spirit of deception. And then Haley, who you saw on the video, who, who uh, is our lead for MC Kids, that same spirit of deception jumped from my wife onto her in the back seat and we just had to intercede and break that spirit come on let's just no just i'm so excited to have her minister today but before she did i just wanted to 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 share with you a little bit of the heart behind mercy culture um we said it before welcome to the tent if the wind blows any harder it just might pick us all up and carry us away we've been praying for the wind of god to blow he took us very seriously but it's secure, I promise, we're safe. But we are currently remodeling the building that you see straight out those doors, that beautiful building right there. We're working on it, come on. Let's put our hands together. We're so excited. We're gonna have uh, extravagant luxuries like carpet, indoor plumbing, you know, a roof, stuff like that. But God has been in the tent, and we stepped out in obedience and set up a tent in the middle of the parking lot. And everybody said, you can't build a church in a tent. Well, look around. God is building his house. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So this is a step of obedience while we diligently work and prepare our building right next door. But the vision of Mercy Culture Church is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. And what that means is it was never our intention to just build a big church, and it's never been our intention to just come to church and have good services. But don't we have good services? Aren't we thankful for the way God meets us corporately? The Bible tells us how important corporate encounters are. As a matter of fact, it says, do not forsake the gathering together of the brethren, especially as the day of the return of the Lord draweth nigh. So he's coming soon. Amen. And we cannot forsake the gathering together of the brethren, but all of my years in ministry and all of my years serving Jesus, I have never seen anybody sustain their walk with God without encountering him every day. 
How do you know what to do if you are not meeting with the boss? How do you know how to live your life if you're not asking the king? If you're not going before the father, father, what do you want me to do today? I saw somebody ask some questions this week. And some folks were answering different questions. I saw it in multiple places this week of people telling people, you know, God doesn't really care about that detail in your life or doesn't care about that detail in your life. He does. I've come to tell you this morning, ask the Lord about everything. Ask him where you should work. Ask him what you should buy. Ask him who you should date. Ask the Lord about everything. And God will answer you. And the daily encounters are the way that we connect with God and hear the heart of the Father. But we've done a disservice to people in the church over the years and sort of, if not explicitly saying it, implying that there is only one way to connect with God. And I've heard it talked about. I've heard people get up and preach and say, I know it's hard to get up and read your Bible. I know it's hard to have a quiet time. But do your best to be disciplined and read the Bible and pray. Well, doesn't that sound like something you want to do? No, no, no. It's easy in his presence. And it's easy to connect with God. And it's my favorite time of the day. Why? Because there are, there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. But in Jesus, there are many ways to connect with God. And what that means is there are multiple ways that you may find is the best way for you to connect with the Lord. We just watched a video of Chuck connects with God through reformation, through action in the areas of of heavenly justice and you may connect with God through movement maybe you best connect with God running on the trail running along the Brazos or maybe you best connect with God in solitude and quiet or maybe it's through study and maybe it's through conversation with him maybe it's through expression however it is we want to help you discover the way that you best connect with the Lord and we do that through a process that we call MC connect and it is the first step to becoming part of Mercy Culture Church to serving to becoming a member, to learning more about our culture and values and vision. But most importantly, it is the way that we disciple you into a daily encounter with the Lord. And I promise you, MC Connect will change your life. It is not a 47-week-long course that you diligently work and try to make it through so you can prove that you can be a member. No, it's a short process, and it is a life-changing experience. And all you have to do is text the word CONNECT to 59090, the number that's on your screen, and we'll send you a link with all of the information. But it is my great honor and privilege this morning to introduce my wife. And here at Mercy Culture Church, one of our unique characteristics is we empower women in ministry. That's right. What that means is Pastor Nikki is not the pastor's wife. She is a pastor. And she has been called and chosen by God, not as some second-rate, watered-down version of the anointing. She's a good preacher for a woman. No, 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 no. God's hand of favor and anointing is upon her life. And it is my honor and privilege to introduce my beautiful wife to you this morning. Honor is one of the values here at Mercy Culture. Let's stand to our feet and welcome Pastor Nikki. Good morning. <laughs> wow. I am, I told my husband this morning on the way in, like, why do I even wear makeup? Like, it's pointless in this house. It is completely pointless. It just ends up down my face. Um, but I am Nikki Cody. I am the lead pastor here at Mercy Culture Waco, where we love God, we love people, and we love mercy. But 
I'm just, I'm honored to be up here this morning. I don't take this place lightly. And I'll be real authentic and real with you guys this morning since it is one of our values. This is not something I asked for. And I have fought intimidation and fear and all the things, insecurities, all of them. But the Lord told me to come up here and to do this. And so I'm going to give you what the Lord put in my heart about trust and come to you as not just a mother, but as a daughter of the King this morning and know that I have had to walk through this. And I also, we also continue to walk through this. It is, it is a process. Um, so how many are ready for the word this morning? Ready? Okay. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of fullness in Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown blown in here, (laughs) blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their, of their thinking They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you've learned." feel like that's what we're living in today, what we're looking at around us. We're stewarding a prophetic word this year, and it's 1 Chronicles 4.10. It says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my borders and my territory, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm and evil, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. A prophetic word is not automatic. It's an invitation that we get to come and partner with. And this year is the year of expanding territory. And I challenged y'all last time to make sure that you are praying this prayer over your family and over your life every single day because we get to come. It's an invitation. We get to come into partnership with the Lord and expand territory. So it's the year of expanding territory, and we're in the series of expanding territory through heaven's culture. And the title of my message today is We Expand Territory by Building Trust. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that nobody came here to hear me today, Father, but we just came to hear you. Father, we ask for revelation. We ask for truth. We ask for healing, Father. We ask that you reveal to us hidden places in our heart, Lord, that we have yet to give to you. So, Father, as you speak this morning, 
Your servants are listening. We lay down performance and the need to impress this morning. I thank you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So as we're in this series of expanding territory through heaven's culture, before we get into trust, I just wanted to touch on what I feel is a vital value of ours that goes hand in hand with trust. And I feel like without this value, building trust is impossible. The value that we have is authenticity. Authenticity says we don't do fake. I don't know about you, but I can't deal with any more fake people. <laughs> I need real, and I used to be a really fake person. So I'm not fake, just insecure. And so I would put up a facade around myself. And so today I feel freedom in the room that some of you are going to allow those walls to come down this morning. So we don't do fake. We disciple through real relationships. We create an atmosphere for people to be open and honest by leading in vulnerability and transparency. Ultimately, this is leading in truth. The value the Bible puts on truth is so important that it's mentioned 380 times. <laughs> right? <laughs> The values we live by and lead through are not something that we come up with because it just sounded good. These are heaven's values. They all have scripture to back them up. And this is what the Lord wants for our lives because he knows that it will bring us freedom. If you're not leading with authenticity and vulnerability through honesty and truth, we cannot build trust. And we will steal the healing and deliverance the Lord intends for us and for others. In John 8, 32, it says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When I hear that, it makes me want to go and seek the Lord's truth with everything that's within me. I need to know his truth because I desire freedom. I desire to be able to operate in freedom so that I, because it's not about me, I can then in turn go and show somebody else that they have the same opportunity for freedom. What is truth if it's not the Lord's truth? The problem with this in our culture today is they say that everything is truth. However you feel or view something is your truth. We're in a war over truth today. This is the definition of truth. Truth is a person's principles or standards of behavior. One's judgment of what is important in life. And as I'm reading this, what struck me was that it said a person's principle or standards of behavior or one's judgment. Wait a second. We know the heart is deceitful above all. Des it says desperately wicked and who can know it in Jeremiah 17. That's why we don't agree with the quote, follow your heart. That is the dumbest quote I've ever heard. And I don't know who put up the, so I'm not insulting anybody. I don't know who put up the sign, but when you drive into Waco, it says, follow your heart. I want to go rip that sign down. <laughs> I won't. I'm not destructive, but I really want to rip that sign down because it's a lie. It's a lie. The only truth is God's truth. In Acts 17, it says, they received the word which is the truth in all eagerness. 
In Genesis, it says God is the word. He was the word. He was in the beginning. He was the word. He is the word. So Jesus is the word. And it says they seek it in all eagerness. Are you seeking Jesus and his truth with all eagerness? Are you searching it out as if it's a precious jewel every day? Daily encounters are not just for us to read through our Bible, and like he was saying, our connect ways. We get out there and learn how to connect with the Lord so that we can get into his presence and learn the heart of the Father so that we can go do the work of the ministry. Are you seeking Jesus and his truth with all eagerness? Our value for today is trust. And this is what we say. Lean into awkward. We build trust, character, and relationships of tomorrow by engaging in the tough conversations today. As we talk about this this morning, excuse me, I want us to get the correct perspective of a lean into awkward. Because I know what that feels like when somebody says lean into awkward. You're thinking, oh my gosh, what are they going to tell me is wrong with me? You cringe up. You wait, you anticipate it, you have anxiety around it. This was me when I first, when we first showed up at Mercy Culture in Fort Worth. Just the anxiety of thinking somebody's going to have to lean in with me at some point. It's something that you will grow to desire if you desire to grow. Do you want to grow fast or do you want to grow slow? Because I can love on you with sweetness and kindness and never address anything that's going on in your life that might be a blind spot. And you think that I'm loving you and that is not love. It is not love. And when you learn to let people in to help you, to refine you, I'm telling you, it's life changing. So let me see. Okay, one of the things I did want to say is we do have to be very careful not to be weird about this value. Oh, I need to have a lean-in. I need to go for a lean-in with this person. Don't be weird about it. It is, it is a, we're not going in for a lean-in. That's just a tagline for us to think about, but it's because we're building trust. That's the whole point of it. We never want to weaponize our values because they're heaven's values. And when we weaponize them, then we're operating it in the enemy. That's what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. You never want to go into the time with someone to lean in and back your dump truck up <laughs> and dump all of your frustration on them. The goal is to build trust. With frustration, walls go up, and what we want are soft hearts to be able to receive and build trust with. And that is a two-way street. That's for them and it's for us. So how do we do this? The first thing that stood out in this is the intentionality it took to build. Nehemiah was a builder. But he wasn't just a builder. He was a reformer. In Nehemiah 4.6, it says, So we build the wall... All the way was joined to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. So we have to put on the mind to work. 
We have to put on the mind of Christ in order to build trust. When we put on his mind, we see people through his eyes. We also have a value of honor here. And what honor is, is honor assigns heaven's value to a person. And when we know what the Lord says about a person, we realize people are not an obstacle in the way, but they are the goal. We have church not to have a great service, not to build a big ministry. We come to serve and to entertain the Lord and invite his presence into our city. But we also come for people so that they are free. So the goal is people first. Freedom is the goal. Deliverance is the goal. And trust is the goal. Nehemiah didn't just build a wall, but he built and shifted culture from being disobedient and ungodly to obedient and godly. Nehemiah didn't listen to the culture of his day, which is so loud. I feel like this story of Nehemiah speaks so much of today. They're standing on the wall building and there are people taunting them and trying to get them to come off the wall. He didn't just build it. He taught people. And he stayed on the wall and built with tool and weapon in hand. Culture is being built either way around us. I want heaven's culture here in the earth at all cost. When faced with the opportunity to build trust, character, and relationships of tomorrow, you are not only building trust, but you are also building culture because the end goal is unity. We build to unify the body. The value comes from Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him between you and him alone. And I think some of us miss this. Because we go to people around us, our trusted friends, and we express our frustration because we need to process it with them first. And what you don't realize is that you're actually putting seeds in them and offenses in them that is not even their offense to carry. And now you can go and make up with a person, but that offense is still in them because it wasn't theirs to ask for forgiveness for in the first place. And so we don't ever want to go and process with somebody else. It says, go to them between you and him alone first. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Gossip divides. It is not processing it with a friend. That's gossip. So I just want to shine a light on that. And I'm not talking about processing with your husband. Sometimes we do need to go through it for a minute in our mind so that we can check our own hearts and have somebody else look into it, like your husband or your spouse or somebody that is a leader in your life before you go, and that's, that's okay, but not to a friend. You don't go and ask everyone's opinion before you go to your brother. So Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We are all need our brothers. And I'm speaking to brothers and sisters. We need each other and the enemy knows what the power of unity is and he's gonna fight it at all cost. 
It's okay to pause and process, but we take it to the Lord first. We seek his heart before seeking your brother's heart. When we say lean in quickly, we don't want to give our minds over to be a playground to the enemy. Rehearsing arguments and conversations. I don't know if you, have you ever just argued in your mind a whole conversation that didn't even happen? I hate it when that happens because you're frustrated and you're spinning and that's not even what happened. They just made one comment and you're like, what do they mean by that? Well, they probably think this about me and they're probably talking behind my back. And if they say this and I would say this and we get ourselves spinning and allowing the enemy to make our mind a playground when they didn't even say anything, one comment and they probably didn't mean anything by it. So I just think it's, a, it's funny. It's funny to me what we do to ourselves. But if we leave it alone too, it can fester and cause a wound. If we're doing that and not bringing it to them quickly, you want to pause, you want to check your heart, give your heart to the Lord first, seek his heart, and then seek your brother's heart so that it doesn't fester and wound. If they don't listen, this is the next steps, then you follow the Matthew 18 approach by bringing in witnesses. This is not an attack. Witnesses help bring clarity. If you're in a healthy place, witnesses help bring clarity to a situation and bring in a second point of view. We want all of our hearts soft. That's leaders and somebody that's getting leaned into because we get leaned into as well. The goal is to gain your brother and to come into unity with one another because unity commands a blessing. That's what the Bible says. And unity is a prerequisite for releasing the things of heaven in the earth. If you jump down to verse 18 and 20 in Matthew, it says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I among them. So we gain our brother. Unity is established and we walk in a blessing. This is what the word says. But how many of you know the enemy knows the power of the Lord in the midst of unity and trust? He doesn't want it. He will try and prevent this at all costs by coming in with lies and thoughts that build pride and hardening of heart. He will do everything to cause you to doubt, frustrate and anger you to prevent you from leaning in. He wants you to avoid and lean out. Fight for this at all costs. We cannot have I mean, he cannot have one inch of territory in this. So we all recognize and know the feeling that when somebody says something and it's just like, ooh, what was that? Sometimes in those instances, it's perfect. And the way that you're supposed to do it is to lean in in that moment. Especially if there, it's a person that you, don't, you may not have the opportunity to do with later. But leaning in that moment can bring them freedom. Like, hey, did you, what did you mean by that? Why did, why did you say it like that? Well, what do you mean? Well, why'd you say it? 
and it causes them to think. And then it causes them to dissect. And then it causes them to go in deeper. And you can be the very thing that brings healing in their life by leaning in to instead of leaning away. So fight that feeling of wanting to lean away. We are builders with weapon and tools in hand, just like Nehemiah. We will build trust or you will build a subculture. So let's walk through how we lean in and look at the three ways that we're building to have a healthy culture. We're building, it says, lean into awkward. We build trust, character, and relationships of tomorrow by engaging in the tough conversations today. So the three are, are trust, character, and relationships. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone in which confidence is placed. Trust is the foundation of relationships because it allows you to be vulnerable authentic and open to a person without having to defend or protect yourself. If I'm honest and authentic, it will disqualify me is what my thought process was. I, when we first came to Mercy Culture Fort Worth, we were invited into rooms and spaces and meetings that in all honesty, I was super insecure about being in those rooms because I felt like I had nothing to offer in those rooms. And so when people would begin to speak up, if I'd hear something from the Lord and somebody would say it before me, I just wouldn't say anything. I would just get silent and just start getting into my feelings and my insecurity. And I found myself either not speaking at all or acting super frantic when somebody would come up and say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? Oh, this is so good. We're here. We love it. We worship. And what really what they didn't know is I felt like I was dying on the inside. I am not qualified to be in this room with all of these people. That was the truth. But I did not know what authenticity really was and how it was literally a key in my hand for freedom and healing. So when we went there, Pastor Landon was teaching a, um, I think it was a staff meeting that we had, and he said, um, I think he said it like this, I think he said, I lean into those that I love. And when he said that, it created a wound in me because my thought process was, wow, wait a second. I've known you for 17 years. You are my brother and you've never leaned into me. The enemy began to play on my mind. You're not even worth a lean in. They see you in a box. This is where the box is. This is where you're going to stay. This is as good as it's going to get. This is as good as you are. They're just going to, oh, sweet Nikki. That's what I felt like. And so I went home and I told my husband. And I revealed it to him. And I said, that really hurt my feelings when he said that today. Because I feel like... I'm not even worth it. And he got to be in a meeting with him and he told him, I wish he wouldn't have told him, <laughs> but the Lord knew what he was doing when he told him because he sat there and he said, you know what? You're right. I haven't leaned into her because I don't want to hurt her. 
but what I'm actually doing is a disservice to her because I needed to hear some truth in my life. And until you are authentic and let the walls down, nobody can, nobody can speak into that. And so we took a trip down here for a prayer service or for a prayer day with them. And we just going around doing prophetic acts and praying over the city. And on the drive down, he said, okay, Nikki, are you ready? I said, <laughs> yeah, I actually am. And so he began to ask me these provoking questions that literally caused me to let my walls down. And I began to weep and tell him everything that I felt and expose the lie of the enemy. And what happened from that point, he said, okay, are you ready? I said, yes, I'm ready. And he began to tell me all the things that I was doing to quote unquote protect myself, things that I didn't even notice that I was doing, mannerisms that I was doing, I didn't even see it. It was blind spots in my life and it was lids. And he started calling them out and it was not to destroy me or to tear me down. It was to bring freedom and light to the situation is what it was. And so that day was the beginning of my healing and learning to open up, be authentic and trust people to speak into my life. You can't do it unless you're authentic. A symptom is a manifestation of a source of pain, which is insecurity. So by all the things that I, were, I was doing, it was just a source of a pain that I didn't know where it was at. And we treat the source, not the symptom. When we leaned into why I felt the need to perform and seem perfect, it allowed me to find the source of where it all came from in the first place. And it had come from people either making fun of me from, for speaking, that I didn't have any value in speaking, or just silencing me because I was a woman and my husband was the pastor and I was just the pastor's wife. But I didn't even realize that those were seeds that were planted in me and caused me to change my very character later on in life. So today, as, I'm, as we're still talking, I want you to sit with the Lord as we're talking and I want you to ask him to reveal to you in this things that we have hidden and ask him, Lord, are there some things that, are, that were seeds that were planted that has changed my character of today that I don't even realize? Hmm. I began the healing and walking out my healing. We leaned into awkward because we have a firm belief in the person's heavenly assigned value. This is why we do it. You are the goal. I am the goal. Leaning in brings awareness to our blind spots and lids. Again, do you want to grow fast or do you want to grow slow? Because I want to grow fast because we've got work to do in this city. This is about perspective and perception. I remember when they first told me about a lid. The idea of somebody saying I had a lid got me super fiery. You're not going to put me in a box. <laughs> you know the GPS on your phone and it says your arrival time and how long it's going to take you to get there? So that's kind of like a goal of mine, like I'm going to beat whatever this says on there. <laughs> that's, sorry. <laughs> but the Lord is still working on me. <laughs> it's just a goal to beat. 
Um, after doing my connect, I got clarity on this. And just like um, Chuck's connect this morning, I connect with God through reformation. And it's a gift of justice in me. There is a place for me and my um, fieriness, and it's a weapon in my hand if it's honed correctly. And so if we learn these things about ourselves that may be quirky, the, the Lord has placed things in our lives that he wants to use as a weapon in our hand. If we learn how to connect with the Lord and see what he has planned for those things that are in our life and not just do them off the flip, they're weapons. The idea of someone, I'm sorry, um, after doing my connect, I got clarity, reformations, okay, yeah, sorry. Um, when the concept was explained to me about the lids, it meant, it was, oh, I'm sorry. It, when the comments were explained to me about the lids, they're actually meant to be busted through. That is what the goal is. It challenged me. Now I'm excited. Now you said that I, ha I can bust through these lids. And I want to grow fast and run after the values of feedback quickly. I seek out someone to lean into me. It is a great value to me because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Character is the next one. Another word for character is integrity. Integrity builds your character. When you resist the impulse to lean out or avoid, you grow as a spiritual leader and you expand territory. Proverbs 2, 20 through 22 says, so you will walk in the way of, of the good and keep to the path of the righteousness for the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So not only are we expanding territory, but if you have integrity and you're leading in authenticity, you remain in the land. I love that one. The next one is we're leading in relationship. Building trust and unity is the foundation of a healthy relationship. And authenticity is vital when building. We care about this relationship too much to let awkwardness separate or push us away. We are building trust, character, and relationships of tomorrow by engaging in tough conversations today. But how many do we know that it's easy in his presence? When we invite him in to those tough conversations, healing takes place. They may be tough conversations, but oh, it's so easy. And the relationship is worth it. We are investing in and in building longevity. In the building of relationships, we have the full 100% conversation. If you do not do this, you will have to go back and do it again. If we don't lean in all the way in, and have the full conversation, we are walking away and leaving a possibility of offense, confusion, or fear to set in. Now, how many know you can't just live with a little bit of cancer in your life? It will spread. It will take over your entire body and it will choke out the fruit that the Lord has planted in your life. 
go the full 100 conversation and allow people to go the full 100 conversation with you. Band, you can come up. This is why it says in, First Thess- in Thessalonians 15, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you, brother, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and everyone. Rejoice always. Not sometimes, not when you feel like it. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is how we build with intentionality. Heaven's culture, which expands territory. By building, we're allowing all the values to work together. They don't contradict. They go hand in hand. And I'm just going to touch on a couple of them. Trust, we lean into awkward and we build trust. Honor, we are assigning heaven's value to a person. Not our opinion and not what we're seeing in their actions. But we get to assign what God says about them. Authenticity says we don't do fake. Why? What are we doing in the first place? Forgiveness, it's not an option. He forgave us first. Feedback, it's a two-way street and it clarifies heart. Stewardship, this is one of my favorites. It will never be ours. It will always be his. And that's in relationships. That person will never be ours. They are his first. They are his sons and daughters and they deserve freedom. They deserve to be whole, to be healed and to walk in all of the fullness that God has for them. We do this all in the name of health. Leaders go first by prioritizing daily personal encounters with God by pursuing purity, putting family first, and protecting our Sabbath so we can lead others in health. Culture is always being built. Even an intentional culture. We are expanding territory by choosing to lead and be led, by building trust in love. But I have a warning for you. Let's not confuse God's love with the love of the world or the definition that the, lo- that the world has of love. Love is a lot of things, but silent is not one of them. Do not be silent. Do not rob someone of receiving clarity, healing, deliverance, and the opportunity to be free to be made whole in him and do not rob yourself. Look for the, for some to be authentic, look for someone to be authentic with and allow them to lean in with you. So I'm going to read the first scripture again. 
says, so Christ himself gave us all these to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine and blow here and there by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. We are the supporting ligaments. Grows and builds itself up in love and each part does its work. Philippians 4.9 says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Will you build culture and carry it out today? Will you close your eyes? Father, we give you this whole room right now. Lord, we ask that you seek out within us, Father, any walls that we have built up, any insecurities that we have allowed in our life, Father. Any lies of the enemy that we have partnered with today. Will you pick up the torch with me today? Will you be his hands and feet? Will you do the work of the ministry? Will you commit today to not be silent? To lead in authenticity and his truth? To love well, even when it's awkward, even when it seems scary. And even when the world says to let them live their truth, will you go and shine a light in dark places? Will you make the crooked ways straight? Will you set the captives free, setting his sons and daughters free today, allowing ourselves to walk in freedom and fullness that he intended? intended. If you will do this today, will you come up here? Will you come up here with me today and receive healing from him. If you're our prayer partners, would you come up and stand across the front? We want to pray over you today. We want to dispel the lies of the enemy over you that you don't have it, that you're not enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not wise enough, that you're not courageous enough. All it takes is one person to, build, to start building an army. 
It takes the one courageous one in the room to stand up, to give the courage to the next person in the room who wants healing, who wants deliverance, who's afraid to walk up here. Father, we thank you right now that you have made us more than enough. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We will pick up the torch today. We will go into the dark places. We will lean all the way in. We will bring your freedom. We will bring your deliverance. We will accept it for ourselves today. for your freedom. 